to benchmark your pricing with the flying dollar. Otherwise, you lose off your capital. You have to benchmark. You take your time and look at the rate it is going in. And always revise your prices according to the rate of change. Otherwise, you are going to lose all your capital. It is scary. Please, don't just trade. Be wise. Be wise. And do your calculations well. Otherwise, all your capital will be consumed by this unfortunate situation that we find ourselves. If government is sleeping, there's a time that they need to wake up to know what exactly is, is going on. The Council of State made us understood that what they are doing, they've been able to uh, speak to government and therefore certain measures will be announced. For us, the sweetness of the food is in the pudding. When you are eating, you know that that is where you have gotten it. So if there's any measures that they have taken, they should announce it for us to know. Otherwise, to say that tomorrow we are going to, uh, 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 as it were, allow it to flow side by side without any government intervention, it will be very difficult because we've heard it over and over and over. The cancer of the exchange rate. These are two major things that is killing the business community. If you say you want to give a special rate for pot for the rest of the three months, good. But what rate? Because if you say there was a meeting, because per the deputy minister of trade, he's saying that there was a meeting and they agree that they will give special rate to the business community. And today, the rate has moved from 9.6. When it moved from 7.2 to 9.5, you remember there was a cry out all over the media houses. Today, it has moved from 9.6 to 10.7. What's the difference? And so he has continued to tell us that there is hope. There's no hope anyway. It's about the dollar. The dollar is going up too much. Perhaps by the end of this year, it will go about 20 per one dollar, which is too much. We cannot trade. We cannot, we cannot buy our stuff. When we go and import, it's very... Hi, the money is too high. The money is too high. So the government should do something about it. That's why we're closing our shop. Right now, the dollar is almost about 13 cities. So that means that the quantum of the money that you used to buy some, let's say, three months ago, if you have to change into the dollar and go and buy again, you're definitely it will come down. And then much more stores, man. Yes, of course. And I'm, sh- I'm not sure you are reopening today. You open on Monday. Nah, this is my shop. Oh, you have opened? Yeah. Why? Because I know it's not need for me to close the shop. Oh, okay. Because... If we close that, it won't solve the problem. Okay. Because if the, the, the importers go for the goods, if you are going to buy, they put their interest on it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to buy, I said they will give me the, this thing, the difference. Mm-hmm. I have to pay. So it's not need for me to close. Okay. Because you can put the difference on it and take it from me. Okay. It looks like this government disappointed us, the whole Ghana. Because if I can say something, the dollar was four cities something before they came to power. And they told us that when they come, they are coming to manage the economy well better than the previous government. Lo and behold, disappointment. But they say things like COVID, the pandemic, nobody expected it, the Russia-Ukraine war, all these things are affecting. That is what government is saying. Madam, please, we shouldn't go there. Where the bomb is landing over there, they are doing better than us. You see, we Ghanaians, we are suffering. They should sit down. Look, it's not a book matter. Uh, it's not a book. 
this snail pace of expansion cannot make you grow out of your head. It can't. It for can't. Like it can't. I think it's not four point something for one quarter. You think one it's not quarter? No, you you one four point something is not for a year. It's for a quarter. Yes. It, what what was the last last quarter? The first quarter's one is less than four point something. Yes. Going forward, nobody can project because inflation is going up. Things are getting worse. Cities depreciating at an alarming rate. There are a lot more of layoffs because businesses are struggling. Revenue isn't coming in as expected. Mm. Certainly, to have impact on growth. So that kind of four point eight percent you are talking about is certainly not sustainable in the course of the year, yes. and it will not deliver the kind of growth that will push you to grow out of your debt. In fact, at the levels of our debt we are talking about, you need to grow around 8-10% before you can grow out of your debt. So it's too little. And it, you cannot grow out of your debt with 4 point something, even if you annualize it. That isn't the solution. The solution here is for the government to start the digging. Unfortunately, I've not seen them digging. The heavy liftings must start now. And if you fail to do the digging, the situation can only get worse. And I can see that the situation is getting worse. George, the storm has just begun. The storm has just begun. IMF engagement is a very important uh, uh, component in terms of preparing for the 2023 budget. But uh, that notwithstanding, we also want to hear from the public and from our various stakeholders their expectation on how especially the current difficult global environment should be managed in our current circumstances. Um, Of course, there are various suggestions that we are hearing. So we'll find a way to incorporate that into the broader government uh, financial uh, program for the year 2023. Where we are now, there will be no solution without tightening our bed. The only way you stop going deeper when you are in a hole is to stop digging. And once you're stopping or cutting down your expenditures, obviously we are going to be faced with um, some difficult situations. So we must all live up to that reality. Actually, we go to market at the beginning of the year and get our two billion. So that we were not able to do. Um, we were able to then get the seven fifty million dollars from operating. And in the summer, August also, and stabilize it. Um, then we moved on traditionally as we do um, with um, the ASL, which is the annual um, syndicated loan of Cocoa Board. Um, and that came in, you know, very strongly. Um, so it's quite perplexing to see where it's going. Of course, typically in October, uh, people are importing for Christmas and maybe, you know, um, there's a rush for that. Uh, But my expectation is that uh, once we uh, also conclude uh, with the fund, um, that will lead to the fund's investment, you know, early this year to do that. And the the support we are getting uh, from countries like Germany, France, I do encourage our members not to hesitate. If you think that you need a buffer, we are here for you. And that particularly applies to the innocent bystanders, countries with strong fundamentals hit by exogenous uh, shocks. We have precautionary.
temporary lending uh, facilities for you. Uh, so we are far from, from, from being constrained. As, as you also know, we have come up with this uh, innovation of on-lending SDRs. We are targeting 100 billion. This is additional, additional to our lending capacity of 1 uh, trillion. Uh, and uh, uh, should there be a need, we may appeal to our members to do even more. Now the average is around 20% of the SDRs uh, strong economies received. Uh, France set up a good example saying we are going to go to 30%. Let's see how the economy shapes up. So that's uh, Madame Dogiva there in Washington. So it takes us to the finance ministry statement on this. We've been hearing from the World Bank as well on our IMF quest, or the quest for us to get to that, you know, rescue or the Ghana miracle as has been described. So the ministry has a statement that um, the finance ministry came very late last night and it says that a government delegation was successfully concluded and um, they've concluded a trip to Washington, D.C. to attend the annual meetings of the World Bank and International Monetary Fund and continue negotiations for IMF support for Ghana's post-COVID program for economic growth. Then it goes on to say that the Ministry and the Bank of Ghana at the end of the trip report as follows. One, the annual meetings concluded successfully with a renewed sense of urgency for countries to rally together to bolster the global economy in light of the dim outlook for advanced and frontier markets alike. Two, the delegation also had several positive and encouraging engagements with the World Bank, bilateral partners, U.S. state officials and external investors. Also, several meetings were held between the government of Ghana and the IMF advancing negotiations towards a fund-supported program. Also goes on to say, a clear path towards the final details of a program has been agreed upon by both parties with the goal of reaching a staff-level agreement by the end of the year. A pathway towards fiscal sustainability has also been extensively discussed and the government of Ghana and the IMF remain fully committed to the goal of reaching a staff-level agreement on a program within the shortest possible time. With the objective in mind, negotiations will continue with the IMF mission team expected in Accra in the next few weeks. And in point three says the government of Ghana wishes to thank the IMF World Bank. So it goes on and says, furthermore, the finance ministry, the Bank of Ghana, thank the people of Ghana for their forbearance in what is undoubtedly a troubling and challenging times for our country and uh, global economic conditions, global uh, economic or economies globally, I beg your pardon. And governments will continue to work with a fierce sense of agency to stabilize the economy and place it back on a firm trajectory of growth. So that's the statement issued from the Public Relations Unit of the Finance Ministry. We also know that the World Bank, they've also been speaking after that particular meeting. The IMF has been speaking. The World Bank also raised concern. So the International Monetary Fund team, led by Stephen Rodet, met during October 11 to 19 in Washington, D.C. with the Finance Minister. So at the conclusion of the meetings, Mr. Rodet issued the following statement, saying that, the Ghanaian delegation and IMF staff had very fruitful discussions on the authorities' post-COVID program for economic growth and associated policies and reforms that could be supported by a new IMF arrangement. We made good progress in identifying specific policies that will restore macroeconomic stability and lay the foundation for stronger and more inclusive growth. 
The team and the Ghanaian authorities remain fully committed to reaching agreement on a framework and policies. So that's also what the IMF has been saying. But we also know that uh, the World Bank also raised some concerns about why we did, we did not actually uh, go for that debt, debt service suspension initiative amongst others. So it takes us straight into our discussion on the free fall of the city. There are concerns about it. The business community, we've been hearing from Guta on this, the importers and exporters, investors, even you, you've been raising concerns about it. 14.75%, that's how much it's selling. Let me see if we have uh, Dr. Chumisi uh, joining us. Dr. Bristler Chumisi, well, uh, she joins us via Zoom. Welcome uh, to this part of the discussion, madam. Thank you very much, Chairman. Good morning. Good, good morning. morning to well, my fellow panelists and listeners. Now that we have a fresh voice amongst us also, I think it will be a good time uh, to start off with you, Dr. Chumisi. Well, you've been monitoring the trends. We'll talk about our deal with the IMF, whether we're able to get that agreement by the end of this year. But really, uh, we've seen 14.75. Would it get worse than this? Thank you, Emma. Once again, I, I do not want to be a prophetess of doom, but um, to be honest, when you look at the trend and the happenings in the Ghanaian economy, these are not um, normal times. Um, why is that? You tend to see that there is a lot of run on the currency because people are losing confidence in the city. And uh, to be honest, people hold money. Um, among all the functions of money, money should serve as a store of value. And with a high inflation, it means that people are losing the value. And so um, other pe- people are looking for alternatives. And the alternative, um, it's currency substitution. So like you said, within a space of two weeks, the dollar has really increased in value. So if somebody has some amount of money to invest, um, the reasonable thing to do is to buy dollars. And that also does not help the current situation. When you look at um, the concerns of Guta, at this point, you find that a lot of them are, a lot of them are changing um, currency, importing for Christmas and all that. And that is putting a lot of pressure on the demand. So you see that um, consistently over time, government will go into an agreement with a Fregsen bank, government will get in some resource. But whatever amount that comes in, you see that it's a swallowed in the system because the demand is way too high. And that brings us back to um, the, the nature of the economy that we are running. You see that we are all in a hurry. We, are, we need IMF intervention because we need the market credibility to have access to the external market for borrowing. But the point is, to what end? At what point will we sit down to see that we cannot go on the way we are going? We need to change the trajectory of the economy. Because no doubt, we know that the economy will do well once we go under an IMF program. Because we'll get the austerity measures, we'll get the funds that we need to show up our currency as and when is needed. And the moment we exit the program and then... Um, all the underlying issues come to play, you see that indeed the chickens have come home to roost at this point. And so I'm a bit careful in speculating or professing doom, but it doesn't look good. And as we look at it, until we have a hang on the depreciation of the currency so that we slow down the rate of growth 
in the inflation rates. Um, mm. it, it doesn't look like the end is in sight, um, to be honest. Mm. Well, I stay on Zoom, Dr. T.H. Champong. We're trying so that we can break this down um, to the ordinary person on this because they're very interested in the STD and the dollar, how exactly it's going. I've just asked uh, Dr. Chumision whether it can get worse than this. What's your take on that? Um, so as Dr. Chumisi said, it comes down to two things, right? Mm-hmm. It's demand and supply, mm-hmm. uh, as basic as that. Um, that around this time of the year, typically, you do have um, people that would be wanting to bring in goods um, for the busy Christmas period. So you, we tend to see normally historically more demand for dollars, right, in the, in the system. And then also historically around this time of the year, you would have some of the cocoa board money and things, right, that comes in. Um, but before the cocoa board money comes in, we would have gone to borrow some two or three billion from the eurobond market to, in a way to show up our reserves, but also to have more dollars. Mm-hmm. We haven't had that in the system for a while now, since the beginning of the year. But you do have this extraordinarily large demand for dollars, which is currently not being met by the central bank. And you don't also have enough dollars even within the commercial banking setup, right, as well. So you've got on one side a big demand for dollar. You have these heavy import bills that need to be met going into the busy Christmas period. But you don't have enough of that supply of dollars that should be coming in to help you meet that gap. And then on top of that, what has happened in the last few weeks or so is all of the talk about, you know, um, debt restructuring um, and then the whole IMF conversation also has forced a number of investors to want to kind of close or pull out of some of their um, investments, right? So what that then means is, like Professor, uh, Dr. Chumis was saying, you want to keep the value of your savings, not because you don't like the CD, but mm-hmm. purely because you have exchange rates, you've got a depreciation and all of that. So people rationally would want to pack that or, uh, and pack the CD and maybe change it for dollars or yen or pound or whatever there is. So if you look at, and I was talking to this about this earlier, the Bank of Ghana's own numbers. If you look at the two lines on our balance of payments on the capital accounts and the financial account, you see a heavy negative outflow in the last half of this year. And that's largely because of some of these investors selling or wanting to keep that store of value from CDs to dollar, but also the fact that you just don't then have other enough dollars in the system to meet the import demand that is upcoming. And that's what really is driving the pressure that we're seeing on the on the CD within the market uh, uh, currently. The other small factor also is that I think the Bank of Ghana also is purchasing some of the forex from the the mining companies and some of the oil and gas companies and that is showing up the bank of ghana's reserves all right mm-hmm. but those dollars are not filtering through into the commercial banking setup uh, as well so uh, all these factors is driving up the the sharp depreciation we've seen in the last um two uh three weeks 
And I think it's the IMF program, however we don't like it, that is probably going to be our savior at the end of the day here, uh, in the sense that that would immediately help restore calm to the market. Of course, we're still some ways, some weeks or months away from that program being formally announced because we have to finish the debt sustainability analysis. And as we speak, Ghana has not, as far as I know, submitted even the, the letter of intent to the IMF that would formally commence right, the, the process of, of that engagement. I know that the IMF team has also said that they're going to come back to Ghana for a third time to um, engage the authorities again because I presume some of the data and things that have been given them needs further sort of clarity. So to that extent, nobody of, or none of us wants to be a prophet of doom. But when you actually observe the numbers very critically and the way things sort of are going in that, in that regard, and the fact that you also have this policy vacuum, this information vacuum within that space, mm -hmm. you can see some big push in terms of that speculative demand uh, on the CD at the moment. But I expect things to calm down uh, in the next you know, uh, week or two. For that to happen, the government must issue some statement. The president, like I said, must speak to the nation. We need to know where we are in terms of the discussions with the IMF. I think the Ministry of Finance issued some statement late last night. All of those things go into help. But ultimately, it's about demand and supply. And not until we get more dollars into the system, the demand or the market movement of forces would, you know, self-correct, and that's what you see mm. with the current, you know, um, uh, dollar CD exchange rate. But quickly, do you see it staying at the almost 15 CDs, or it goes all the way to maybe 20? Others have said it may go up to 20 and more. What do you see? It's difficult to speculate. Okay. There are a number of factors that could force the... The, the, them it to come down okay. and the other factors that could force it to go up but I wouldn't want to, to speculate for now. Okay, alright. Let me come uh, to the studio um, at this point and uh, Professor Bokping and uh, Professor Jampo are still with me in the studio. So um, we know that the IMF has made some demands. They are waiting the results of a debt sustainability analysis exercise and then a credible economic reform plan from the government to be able to determine when the deal could be sealed. We've been hearing from the finance ministry also on this. But let me talk about the city because that's what a lot of us are interested in. Um, will it get worse than it is? Um, I think um, if you look at the trend mm -hmm. and you look at the policy space, then the next one month, the next one and a half months, until even at the end of the year, our best bet is that probably it's likely a staff level agreement could be reached with the fund. If you look at the way the fund works, when they will first at the staff level, they have to reach an agreement with the government that this is the broader framework. So the fund is saying that they will come to the country. Mm -hmm. Part of that will also be beyond the broader framework that has been agreed in terms of the pillars. They also have to drill down now to certain structural benchmark targets because the program will have specific targets, with some of them quarterly basis, continuous performance target, structural targets, and all those things. They have to agree on all these things at the staff level. When that is done, then they will present that to the IMF executive board. But if the debt sustainability 
comes to the news that debt restructuring is unavoidable. That is where the delay could come from. So it is possible you could reach staff level agreement with the firm, but you need another level of agreement with your creditors in terms of restoring your debt to a more sustainable level before the fund can lend to you. And that was something similar to what happened in the case of Zambia. Zambia, the fund reached a staff level agreement, but then that was also contingent on uh, debt restructuring with investors. That Mm -hmm. is where we are. Now, so that's why we are saying that beyond uh, the external anchor with the fund, part of where, where stability could come to the city will depend on what policy initiatives we have to take whilst we wait for that, right? And and that is why we said that, you know, we, and my co-panelists have talked about that. If you look at Ghana's approach to managing COVID, right, the crisis, the way the government governized Ghanaians in a responsive, predictable manner with regular update and measures that have been put in place and telling us the results, it scanned all of us. Probably many people got COVID, but probably they lived with it and then it disappeared at some point. So that, that, that is missing. So when it happens that way, speculative activities take over because like nothing is happening. And now, because government is also not communicating officially, their true intention about debt restructuring and the rest of them, there's a lot of rumor going through the system. And because of that, people are now seeking early redemption. Dr. Tiu talked about that, of their investment in, let's say, CD-denominated instrument, of course, and taking a haircut. Now, when they exit, the next question is, where are they going to put that money? Because, in, because government instrument, that is almost risk-free. Typically in finance, there's no risk-free instrument. For lack of it, we use the treasury bill or government instrument as a surrogate because it's the closest to risk-free. Now, with the talk of debt restructuring, we are at the point where the government instrument that is almost risk-free has become risky. So when people exit and there are no alternatives, because of the time value of money, they wouldn't want to keep the money idle. And therefore, they will look for a currency that is more stable. And the currency that is more stable right now is the dollar. And if they forecast, and, and investors are rational, rational actors. Look, when it comes to making money, love for country is held constant. Nobody loves Ghana. People love their bottom line. You see Guta people closing their shop and all of that. The, the country and the powers that is vested in those who are managing the country, the country must love itself enough to put in place the, re- the right measures so that you anchor the love of individuals along that particular angle. Other than that, people will misbehave. If you look at it from the global dimension, you will see that dollar has a future, not even only in Ghana here, because the dollar is strengthening consistently across even major trading currencies. Okay, so if you are an investor and you have money, you are looking at denominating your money in the currency that is stable and more so could strengthen. When it happens that with the trade-off will be city. Anytime you go and buy a dollar, automatically you are selling CDs. And as a lot more people are demanding dollars, they are selling CDs. As the supply of CDs increase, then the value will have to what, come down. So if you look at it from that perspective, then you know that probably you could say that the worst is yet to happen. But other things play out to this. Now we are not only talking about Ghana beyond aid, we are mm-hmm. talking about Ghana beyond euro bonds because we've lost market access. That has impacted us heavily. 
right? And, and the Minister of Finance talked about that, that given the fact that we lost marketers, and that was exactly where they missed it. So you saw that the market was discounting your policy measures in the 2022 budget. Right after the presentation of the budget, you were downgraded by the, some of the rating agencies. That already said, tells you a signal that the market was unwilling to welcome you. Now, if you look at the secondary market at that time, the, the spread, we were trading in excess of 1,000 basis points above the U.S. Treasury yields. So the spread had increased. If when it happens that way, the market was already sending you a signal that when you come unattractive, we'll punish you. That was when you should have made a call to the fund. You know, some countries place their external anchor with a fund. Relatively well run, you can talk about Rwanda. That may not be a program-based. That may not be a, 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 a finance-based kind of right. But sometimes you, you go for that external anchor as a policy support measure, mm -hmm. okay, to anchor investor confidence in your economy. This was one of the things that was recommended when we were exiting the 16th IMF program in April 2019. That, yes, you are exiting, but it's, you are completely not out of the no challenges. Mm -hmm. So it may be helpful to hang on this whilst you have space to do what you have to do. But we didn't want to do that because we wanted to be on our own. It was part of why now the World Bank is telling us that we should have taken advantage of the, the G20-backed debt service uh, Suspension uh, initiative. initiative. And the reason we didn't choose that was because of our love for euro bonds. Mm. Because if we had signed up for the debt suspension, debt service suspension initiative, it would have been interpreted to mean cross default, and that would have affected our credit rating, and it would have affected our ability to go to Europe. Was bond. that a prudent decision? To well, take it's, as a it's about the trade-off. You know, the, the World Bank is talking about this now because we are in a mess. Okay. What if it had turned out to be the other way around? Mm. And they themselves, including the IMF, should be taking a reasonable blame here because of the aposta in the time past. Look at the 2021 uh, IMF Article 4 consultative uh, assessment on Ghana. They passed the country. A clean sheet? Yes. We, they said that our debt was sustainable at high risk of debt distress. It was the same position Ghana attained in 2014. 2014, when we formally entered that zone, we could not exit that zone even with the existing IMF program. Right? So, what happens? Less than one year, now we are seeing that the debt is, all, is unsustainable. Meanwhile, under the DSA, the debt sustainability framework, is not only backward-looking. We have more forward-looking debt sustainability indicators. So if you do an assessment in less than a year, it turns out to be the other way around. The IMF itself should be explaining mm -hmm. what were the assumptions underlining the 2021 Article 4 surveillance for which we, we, were, we were considered to be, uh, 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 our debt to be uh, sustainable. And that is why now the IMF is coming hard on the government that prove your debt sustainability. You know why? Now that you are under a program and you are asking for debt restructuring, your debt, your debt sustainability analysis could be challenged because the, it will be available. The assumptions and all of that will be challenged. And that's why now they are coming hard on the government because you are going into a program and the credibility of the fund is at stake. Mm. But then, uh, it's interesting that they gave us that clean sheet back then, but this is something that I'm sure I'll, t I'll pick the thoughts of Dr. Thierry Champoy and Dr. Priscilla Chimisi also on, and whether, uh, as it stands now, our own debt is uh, sustainable, and looking at whether we are able to get that agreement by the end of the year. But the bigger question or the bigger issue for many is what then happens if we do not get it? 
at the end of the year. If we don't reach that agreement, our debt sustainability analysis is not completed by then, amongst others. Chew on that. I'll come to you on it, then we can take a look at it. But, Professor Jampo, um, are you one of those who started hoarding he's telling you to ask me because he knows what has happened <laughs> okay. you know the, the, it appears that you see in all this there should be a certain leadership that would um, call for calm and then would also lead by example but um, like he said I mean there's no calm in the system Everybody is cheatery, and um, even those who are supposed to be leading by example, I mean, they themselves are paying themselves in dollars, and they are hoarding it themselves. And so you don't expect us to be rational human beings. Rational human beings would also want to um, make sure that because of their lack of confidence in their currency, they would exchange it for a um, currency that in which they can find you know, confidence in. And so I am calling for a certain leadership that um, uh, brings about calm within this turbulent situation in which we find ourselves. Mm. And then also that creeps up a certain patriotic sentiment you know, amongst us. I say so because, you see, this man, Bokman, is my financial consultant. Mm-hmm. There's been several on two major occasions that I've gone to him that, look, Buckman, um, do I change my money into dollars and keep giving what is go- going on? And he's told me that, no, let us not do that. We are supposed to be future leaders of this nation. Let us not do that. Recently, he told me the same thing. Mm. I went to him and said, no, 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 no. Yes, it's turbulent. Um, we are in crisis, but don't do that. Would I not lose the cities if I don't do well, that? I'm prepared to lose. Well, I, I mean, it. he said, no, no, so between me and him. I don't want to cannibalize <laughs> on the situation. Okay. Well, so, I mean, he managed to convince me to that point that I felt that, look, let us be patriotic and let us be willing to die for our nation. And so I decided that, look, I'm not going to do that. But we need this kind of conversation at a certain national level where you have the president appealing to the conscience of the good people of Ghana that, Mm. yes, we are in crisis, but let us not quickly go and convert our monies into dollars in a manner that puts unnecessary, you know, pressure on on, on our currency and then makes it fall. And so that is what I mean when I said that we, 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 we don't have a certain leadership that brings about nobody is talking about the, about this about about this to us you know as a nation um, it's been left to a certain speculation today you are there and the banks some of the banks are also not doing they are also not helping mm. so you'll be there and then they will give you a certain call and tell you that look um, given what is going on, you are likely to have a certain haircut, which you don't even understand. So, <laughs> can you just um, go and disinvest and come for um, a fix, fix what, fixed deposit, whatever? Is that uh, they've, been, they've been doing some of these things, and given my interactions, you know, with Buckman, I had to advise some of the bankers to tell them that you are all causing. Unnecessary panic. panic, you know, within the system, and these are all not helping. And so, for me, beyond the kinds of policies that can be put in place that Buckman and Co. would be proffering, I am thinking that there should be leadership a certain leadership that addresses us, 
that appreciates or admits the situation in which we find ourselves and calls for calm and then also incite that element of patriotism you know among the good people of ghana to want to sacrifice and to die a little mm -hmm. for ghana when you are calling on us to be patriotic and you are saying we should die for our country then we must also see that you are doing the same thing leadership must be done by with example and so we must also see the practice and situation where you see some of these appointees also flaunting dollars you know here and there and people are receiving their salaries in dollars and people are pricing their products in i went to south africa um, slept in a hotel and um, about one hour to check out to depart you know, to the airport i thought that i had dollars on me and mm -hmm. so at the counter i could just pay dollars and go i got there and said no we don't accept dollars here we take our own currency mm. so i had to pick a taxi to a forex bureau to change before i mean we can put in place some of these measures when at one point in time i know um, that um, there were rules that said that workers could not be paid in, 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 in foreign currency. And then also I, you I, can't price in foreign currency. I think these rules are still there. But enforcement. It, it appears that those who would enforce it or the originators of the rules themselves uh, are not obeying it. And so it becomes difficult for them to enforce. So people up to now, I mean, go to the places where they sell vehicles and go to other pl people are pricing vehicles and people are charging it's pricing in um, dollars and people are, are, are being paid in dollars and all these sort of put unnecessary pressures on our currency and then mm. it leads to this free for all and so the economists have said they don't want to uh, be prophets mm -hmm. and prophetess of doom and so they don't want to predict how the cd would go before the year ends but it's gotten to 14. But if you use the data to say it's going to be here, it doesn't make you a <laughs> What has the data said? We are, we, we are supposed to be forward-looking mm -hmm. as well. People make Around the time I had this conversation, I'm talking about... projections mm -hmm. also, right? Around the time I had this conversation, I'm talking about privately with Buckman, I think it had gotten to just about 9. But now it's getting to 14. And sometimes you keep... 14.75. Now you keep... You keep sometimes you keep wondering whether um, you took the right decision or not. But... Well, you're that, listening to him. You're taking the well, advice. No, I'm not blaming. I'm saying sometimes you <laughs> wonder. Advice no, no, no. <laughs> but based on the data so, some, that you're doing, sometimes you wonder. Well, but the point let, is let, me, that, let me just let him come in with the projections in terms of the data and what they see. What does it look like? So now that the the the, the government negotiation team is in town, I'm sure they will be looking at the data. They will be looking at what between now and let's say end of December or uh, November, what is it that we have to do? And I'm sure they'll be looking at it from that point, that, that vacuum of waiting. Mm -hmm. It means that investors are also going to adopt wait-and-see attitude, and they will, be cash, they will be cashing on the situation. So some of the things you are doing, you're also looking at what likely policy interventions can happen, mm -hmm. even from Bank of Ghana and also from here and all of So you watch the space a bit, and then you see what probably is likely to happen. That's what speculators also do, okay. right? No, so Speculators like Professor Jampo. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, Dr. Shumesi, so at least you're on the same side with Professor Bokping in terms of not cannibalizing the system, yes. like he puts it, not taking advantage of the situation. But there are those who are watching us right now, wondering, like Professor Jampo said, the time that he was advised, it was just about nine cities. Now today is 1475. People are hoping that it will keep on rising. 
how then are we supposed to stay calm in the midst of the storm in terms of allowing the city to be there whilst we see the dollar rising? It's a very tricky situation, um, let me put it that way. And to be honest, um, like um, um, the other Professor Bokin indicated, the dollar in recent times has gained a lot of value globally. So you see that all other currencies are also struggling. Um, but our situation is becoming a precarious with a peculiar circumstance that we find ourselves in. So, um, for instance, I would say that we should, we should, we should stay calm and also to a large extent halt the speculative activity on the currency because what speculators are doing, buying and holding and waiting to take advantage of a higher value and then change. And so that also deprives importers who are really in need of the currency to bring in important goods. So here, I would also uh, probably want to look at um, Gutes position, for example. I know that um, about some months ago, I mean, Guta was in talks with the Ministry of Trade, um, looking at options available in terms of import substitution. I know that, yes, um, I, I, I believe and I share in their sentiment, because if you are trading and you are consistently losing the value of your capital, it's not a comfortable place to be. Um, but the question also is that um, with all the things that a lot of their members are also importing in, is there the option to source local alternatives? Is there the option for the government to sit down with these groups and see the possibility of them moving into areas where they could be producing locally, supporting local manufacturing firms? Um, when you look at also, so talking on that, you see that when you look at the producer price inflation, it's also not in a comfortable position because fuel prices are up and most of our producers also import intermediate produce. So the dollar really uh, uh, has become the nucleus, the fabric of uh, the foundation of our economy. And something needs to be done. But at this point, I would say that probably, um, like Professor Jampo indicated, let's put on a bit of our patriotic selves and not um, push the run on the currency so that the city depreciates to a level where it, it comes um, next to nothing. In all this... Policymakers are also aware that people are rational agents. The fact that we are being patriotic doesn't mean that we don't go to the market. The inflation rate is quite heightened. And for me, I think that something needs to be done. Policymakers, leaders need to show the way. So, for example, we know that the times are hard. It is not going to get um, better overnight. But at least they should show the way with their incoming 2023 um, budget period. We know that there are a number of things that will be done. Austerity measures should be quite clear to signal to the, um, the market that the fiscal stance is taking a credible position to try and control the situation. But in all this, what I would say is that once we are able to dig ourselves off this hole, which... Um, to some extent, it's as a result of 
um, our own actions and inactions and also external factors, I believe that we should have a, a, a dispassionate discussion on going forward where we want the Ghanaian economy to be and not um, be in this cyclical pattern of every time going to the IMF for intervention. We perform so well, the moment we exit, a slight shock in our economy is found wanting, really. Mm. Well, Dr. Jampon, so to the extent that there's panic in the system and also the fact that business business owners have money, so they have dollars in the banks, yet they cannot have access to it to pay uh, you know, their importers or business partners out there, the concern for them, and also the fact that uh, there should be some immediate policy interventions in place. Dr. Jampon, do you think that beyond waiting for the president to address the nation amongst others, what do you think should be the interim or immediate policy interventions in place so that um, that panic can be cured and also to save the city to, the, to a large extent? So, so let me first re-echo the calls for, for all of us to remain calm uh, a bit, you know, because um, uh, there's a lot of pressure within the system and there's a lot of um, anxiety um, also within the system, uh, whether it is business owners, as we've seen in the case of Guta, where the president was talking consistently about the loss of capital, uh, or within households and individuals, because uh, we all feel it one way or the other. Um, so if you really don't necessarily need dollars just purely because you think you want to keep the value of your investment, then I would re-echo the call or the sentiment just to keep your investments uh, in cities because ultimately that will help dampen or bring down some of that extra pressure or demand for dollars that we're, we're seeing. Um, but beyond that, and that's the question you're, you're asking, you know, what else could be done sort of in the, in the interim? I think largely the problem we have in, in country in the country, as Prof. Bokwin and Dr. Chumisia was said, is not a monetary problem. We don't have a, necessarily an issue with Bank of Ghana. Even if we do, it's largely small. The biggest problem that we have is a fiscal one. How we live, how we borrow, and how we're not getting commensurate returns on those uh, borrowings. And that, to an extent, also then having a cascading impact on a number of um, macroeconomic fundamentals, including the exchange rate and including uh, inflation. I think the two biggest things that we need to address in the interim, of course, is the dollar, but also the issue of inflation. Mm. Uh, because um, the inflation, or part of the reason why people want to change their cities now in the first place, is because of the galloping inflation and the fact that they are losing value. So if we're able to bring the inflation rate uh, beginning to come down a, a little bit, then that again reduces or dampens some of that effect. I think globally we're all looking, or most of the consensus forecast is that we're looking at the possibility of some form of um, recession next year at a global level. And what that, then, that does is that demand for certain key commodities um, would uh, go down and then so oil prices and things like that will go down and some of the supply driven inflation factors that we're seeing in Ghana might also come down uh, a, a little bit but it's a very very difficult position that 
the managers of the economy find themselves in, largely as a result of some policy mistakes that we've made. Mm. Um, those external factors would always be there, and they're not going anywhere. And I would argue we'd even have more of them in the years to come. Um, but it's how we respond or react to, to that uh, that really matters. So just to just re-echo my point, we need calm. If okay. you don't need dollars for anything, then let's all try to do our quote-unquote patriotic bit to help dumping the city. But beyond that, we also need the government to get its act right in terms of how it manages the finances of, of the country. Okay. Well, is it time for us to consider a currency board, for instance, or is it too extreme? I think that, um, as Dr. Chiu has said, Dr. Chumese has also said, I think these are demand supply mm. issues, right? Okay. Um, if you look at the city over the years, you realize that the city gives testimony to good policies. The city just doesn't misbehave on its own. Okay. So having a currency board, would that be a substitute for doing the right thing in shaping the fundamentals? And I'm sure our vice president gave one of the beautiful lectures those days that when in doubt, <laughs> check the exchange rate. Is mm. that okay? So, um, to some extent, if you, if you want to highlight the theoretical benefit of having that, I think where we find ourselves here, in fact, and I will tell you this, from the beginning of the year, you could see price pressures building up. Then we started raising the alarm. In fact, if you look at Ghana's Adeska service, uh, Professor any time he's giving the inflation numbers, he goes down. He tells you where the causes are. He tells you imported inflation. He tells you local food inflation. He tell, about 44% of that is within our control. So when you see food inflation rising that way, to blame Russia, Ukraine, it would, it would amount to weeping more than the bereaved, right? And, and why are we saying so? Ghana spends more than $400 million importing tomatoes from Burkina Faso. And you are, you are looking at your steady stabilizing. Ghana has comparative advantage yeah. over Burkina Faso. But you see what is happening. Burkina Faso is creating competitive advantage. And that is undoing our comparative advantage. Right. So those are the things you want to see. Then the reason we said that inflation will remain elevated towards the end of the year. If you look at this country, July, August, harvest season. So when you see inflation for July going up, inflation for August going up, then you know you are in trouble. It's always harder using monetary policy to fight inflation under weak fiscal regime and elevated public debt. Mm -hmm. And that is why Dr. Tio Achampong was saying that there's a limit to look to Bank of Ghana in addressing this situation. The, 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 the source of our macroeconomic instability is physical. Right from independence, it's been physical. How do we address that immediately? You know, one of the things I'm, I, I'm looking forward to sleeping and waking up to one day is when the president takes a decision and says that, guys, enough. I'm downsizing. I'm reducing the number of ministers to about 40. I'm taking the risk, right? I'm doing this as a signal that I'm internalizing the austerity that is coming. I want every, on that platform, you can come to Ghana and say, come on board. We must come out of this together. Leadership matters. 
Hmm. And that is what we need to do now. And I'll tell you one more thing. You know, anytime we are outside an IMF program, the fund, the development partners, they are a bit lenient with their comments, more diplomatic. But when you come under a program, you've lost your bargaining power. So we see how they are coming hard at us now. They are asking you to prove this. Proof, yeah. So last year you were not under any program. So they could understand your assumptions. You can explain that, oh, how about this debt? Oh, you know, this is reference. This is that. This is uh, this. This is that. But right now, they are saying everything must come on board. So especially when you check in in such a vulnerable state, you don't have, nego- you, you can't negotiate from position of strength. We shouldn't have gotten ourselves in this place. To come out of this, as I said, um, what the market is looking for is that bold decision from the government. That says that, look, and, and, and it may have to be a bit radical, which means that you are sacrificing your interest and the interest of your inner core and your political party for the common good. Other than that, if you, if you tell me that these people have performed excellently, then probably it will be for reasons not for the common good. Reasons best known to you. The market, is, the market wants action mm. right now. Now, part of the challenge I see from the part of government may be how do we communicate this? Okay, it's because there's, there's one of the things that COVID did was to weaken trust in government and government institutions, right? Because of the, how some countries responded to all of that. And if you see over a period since 1992, you could see that the extent to which the democratic dividend trickles down to the ordinary Ghanaian is smaller, and it doesn't get to them anymore. So when it happens that way, there's some kind of trust gap between the citizens and the government. And that is why you may find, probably, that the government may have to reach out to some credible people in society, either from the clergy or or so, to play some kind of mediating role right in bringing us together because mm. to some extent if the government says x people will choose y mm. and the rest of them so we need we, we need that the president needs to take certain action in order to bring all, all of us to the table yeah. so that we can see that oh we can trust you i mean jesus said trust me when you lose your life we take it again and he led by the way right mm. so we we need once that is missing it's going to be difficult and i can tell you the 2023 budget will mirror in character what is likely to be agreed. But the question also is, how do you communicate that? You also need to test the acceptability, stakeholder reaction, and all of that. And I think at this stage, we this, have started by now. Yeah, this should give us an opportunity to bury our political differences between the main opposition party and the government. Because you see, you are going into a program that will transcend this regime. Mm. I'm not saying there will be a regime change, right? So, given that there's a possibility. So, you need a certain minimum stakeholder acceptability. Okay? And that is not just organized labor. That also will require reaching a hand of fellowship to the opposition party, the major opposition party. Because in this country, maybe you will give us the data, right? Regardless of who the parties put forward, a certain minimum voting is assured. Mm -hmm. And the rest also, they have a a voice very strong in all of that. So we need to reach out. 
the two main political, even the smaller ones, reach out to the various key stakeholders in a manner that brings us to the table. We recognize we have a common problem. To solve this, we need we need to bury our differences because when we win, we win together. Okay. Well, Professor Jampo will take us um, on a break, but I'm sure he's calm now in terms of um, your... Because he will not buy dollars. dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I think I associate myself with many of the things that mm -hmm. he said, uh, particularly in the area of um, downsizing government. Um, this was a research I did somewhere in 2009, Ministry Appointment and Government Expenditure in Ghana's Fourth Republic, with a colleague, Anam Zoya. And you look at the, you know, how much it costs to hire one minister and the, the kinds of um, things that go the with hiring and everything. So within a crisis period, one of the things that you can do to signal to all that you are serious and you want to lead by example and you want all of us to be brought on board is to downsize. Mm. Um, you can't have this number of ministers, all of them riding in V8 vehicles and drawing free fuel. They have V8s, they have um, saloon cars. A free electricity, free water, telephone, um, clothing allowance, and all manner of things, chauffeur-driven, um, garden boy, cooks, and all those things that go with appointment of one minister. You mm. cannot continue to have them in place while you tell us to tighten our belt. And that's why it is difficult for labor to agree with government when it is called upon to tighten a belt, its belt. Because you cannot ask us to tighten your belt whilst you have eaten, your tummy has blossomed and you've losing yours. It's not possible. And so you should lead by example and want your way to tell us that you are willing to bring us all on board and to lead by example is to cut down the number of ministers that you have. Mm. If they are not willing to do so, then I wonder how best they will be able to communicate to Ghanaians that, look, we should all come on board and help in um, sailing ourselves or navigating ourselves you know, through this, this, this challenge. Okay. Let's take a quick break um, here on Newsfile. Then we can have the final lap. We'll talk about the IMF asking us to show debt sustainability proof amongst others and beyond the IMF. What happens? Do we have a plan? That and more coming up shortly. Please stay with us. For decades, we have helped businesses connect with their trade partners all over the globe. From Ghana to Burkina Faso, Cote d'Ivoire, Benin, Togo, Senegal, China, Morocco, France, Netherlands, and many other countries. We have made it possible to bring Ghana to the world. We have brought small and medium businesses closer to their customers across the regions in Ghana with our SME support facilities. We have brought relief and smiles to the faces of families with our employee personal loans. With our cutting-edge technology and digital support, we take the burden of complex thinking off you. Making life simple. That is who we are. As close as a partner. Bank of Africa. We are indeed the African bank with the global reach. 
My name is William Kofienti, the CEO of Ad Pharma Limited. We are an organization that is always seeking innovative solutions to make our operations easy. So when our insurance agent recommended Pukia Chart to insure from Star Assurance, we did not hesitate to try it. I can tell you the process was seamless and 100% visual with no human intervention. You simply save number 0242426160 and start your chart with Pukia. Is your vision getting foggy, misty, or cloudy? Are you having difficulty driving at night sometimes? These may all be signs that you are developing cataracts. Most cataracts happen because we are aging. The treatment for cataracts is always through surgery. And now you can have a modern faco surgery done in Ghana. Simply visit the St. Thomas Eye Hospital and get a faco and other laser treatments done. St. Thomas Eye Hospital has a surgical center at Mataheko Flamingo, an outpatient clinic on the Osu Oxford Street in Accra, and a new clinic at the Tema Evergreen Shopping Center. Call us on 024-675-8483 or 054-012-5450 for more information. Book of Sounds, chapter 150, verse 6. Richard! Let everything that has read praise the Lord. Hallelujah! Yes, it's the time of the year again when men and women, boys and girls of every tongue and tribe need to appear before the altar of worship to offer thanksgiving and sacrifice of to Magdan Aviation. Our world-class terminal located at the Kotoka International Airport is a fixed-base operation that offers total aviation services in Ghana's private sector space. Magdan Aviation offers convenient access to a wide variety of destinations. Just sit at the comfort of your homes or offices and book a flight to any country of your choice and a luxurious car will be available to pick you up to the FBO where all arrangements, including hotel bookings, transport services, among others, will be made available even in the country of destination. The FBO features an elegant lobby, business center, and a catering area to make your flight experience a memorable one. We have a very spacious terminal which houses three modern private jets and a helicopter for your tours, intercity transport, air ambulance services, cash carriage, and a bullion movement. Wherever you need to travel, Magdan Aviation has got you. Safety is a hallmark at Magdan. From our dedicated customer service team to the flight staff, Every employee puts the safety and security of our clients first. We are here to make conducting business across the world easy and convenient.
Welcome back uh, to News File. Is, we are in the final lap. We are on Joy 99.7 FM on Joy News, also on social media. I'll be taking some of your comments that you've been sending in, a number of them. We'll go through it. But let's um, finally talk about um, the IMF itself. Uh, we are told that by the end of the year, we should get a staff level program. Before this, we are told that uh, there will be a reflection in the 2023 budget that will be read in November. So I'm, um, the, the experts are here. They will help us understand what exactly this is. And we've been hearing from the IMF, the director of the IMF African Depa- Department, Abebe Aimro Selassie, asking us to show proof that our debt levels are sustainable before the IMF can approve an economic support program for the country. So this staff level program, economic support program, where exactly are we? We're expecting the IMF team back in town. Dr. Prisla please, if you're able to give us a breakdown in terms of what we've seen, because I've seen the finance ministry statement, I was hoping we'll get more in terms of where exactly we are. Have we been able to show proof? What exactly will be the timelines for us and in terms of your understanding of where we are with this particular process? I, I believe that the finance ministry is being careful in terms of um, trying to manage expectations and not to fool it. Because we've seen the evidence um, of what happened to the Nigerian economy when their um, managers opened their mouth in terms of um, um, the outlook. And so um, the uncertainty is quite clear, and I can understand um, why they are being very economical with the stage they are in. Um, But as the finance minister prepares to deliver the 2023 budgets, um, the, the actions, the austerity measures ought to be clear to be honest. Because when you look at the mid-year budget review for this year, it is evident that the market was not convinced of the measures that were in there. And this was a, a situation where we had banked a lot of hope also on the, the passage of the E-Levy and the performance of that um, tax handle, which unfortunately, like most of us, had already indicated that uh, it would not perform as it was projected because people were obviously going to substitute away. So going forward, I believe that um, with debt restructuring, um, the, the, the ministry, the government has put in place um, a five-member committee to try to look at the options um, as to debt restructuring. Um, nobody, no investor, um, like we've all indicated, government investment is the safest. So if people have invested in government instruments, they would have to take um, haircuts, for example, is not pleasant news. And government ought to manage it well, particularly in our context where we tend to have a lot of um, what we call a Ponzi schemes in the form of financial instruments. You would want to um, let people have the assurance that indeed government securities are safe. So um, going forward, the restructuring would occur. I am looking at a situation where there are renegotiation on interest payments, there are extensions in maturities, and also um, government is quite prudent in showing the way um, in the upcoming budgets that this is what we are doing. In terms of the big expenditure items, ticket items on government budgets, 
what is government doing? Because, for example, um, the payment of um, nursing trainee and teacher trainee allowances, for instance, had been cancelled and it was reinstituted. I know saying there's a lot of people would come after me, um, but the reality is that we need to um, put a, a check expenditure um, because our expenditures are way above. But the fund also, based on their track record, are careful about the negative social implications because we know that most of times when you go under such tight austerity um, programs to try to get back on track, you tend to find that a lot of people end up being pushed into poverty. So what is the government doing? Which um, expenditure items will they be able to cut so that the burden does not unnecessarily fall on the people at the lower end of the income distribution. All these are ways that, but the reality is that um, these are tough times. Um, uh, the, the policy makers ought to buy the bullets and show the way and, in the, and, and show that indeed we are on track to doing something. And in all this, I must say that as Ghanaians, we need to put our patriotic hat on. Um, although um, our, our society is quite divided on uh, political grounds, it is evident by now that nobody has the magic bullet to turn the economic um, um, fortunes around overnight because we have seen it over and over again, regardless of which government is in power. The structural issues need to be tackled once and for all. And it does not, we cannot tackle it in a one election cycle, in a one, um, a four year government cycle. It is a continuum. Mm -hmm. We have to work at it continuously to um, make sure that we do not, as a country, regardless of who is in power, um, continue the cycle of uh, peaks and troughs in the economic performance and also the livelihoods of people. Okay. Well. Let me bring in Professor Bothley because um, issues about expenditure has been raised by Dr. Chinesi. So uh, you have your ears and eyes. I won't ask you to put all your information out there, but you have you 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 followed this IMF pro process over the period. So at the end of the year, we are told that we'll get a staff level program. Um, is it the same as the fund assisted program that we're going to be getting, such that it will show up our reserves and things will change? Are they going to ask us to cut? payments of labor because we know that they are biggest, you know, uh, Professor Jampo is laughing, but at least, um, what exactly would they be asking us to do at this point, where we are today? Okay, thank you very much. If you look at the process that has, has been laid over the years, it's not with respect to only Ghana. Mm -hmm. Reaching the staff level agreement is a significant step okay. to having a program. But having a staff level agreement necessarily doesn't mean money will start flowing, right? So from there, if all the boxes have been checked, it will then go to the uh, IMF executive board. It's when the board approves, then we'll say that the program is in place and all of that. So, but the reason um, they are highlighting staff level agreement now, because that is essentially between the fund and the government. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for now, largely in terms of the broad framework, in fact, when the mission team visited the country before they went to, uh, they had a fair idea. Look, the IMF has a fair idea of what the issues are. They've been in this country. They've been with us. So they know. And if you check the data, you will see the courses that take us to the fund from 1965. They have remained the same. So when we have done well, we only add to the layers of the courses. 
So in terms of their prescription, we know mm. and the broad framework. And that's why the ministry is also saying that there's a broad uh, understanding of what the uh, issues are and how they should be what. So the warnings addressed. that we heard from Labour could go nowhere. There will definitely be some cuts. So you are there. looking at the, like Dr. Chumese said, you are looking at the big ticket expenditure items, mm -hmm. right, which also contribute to the rigidity. And this you is a huge one. What you, what you have to do. So certainly the fund will be interested in the wage bill. If, if, if they are considered view is that the wage bill is overbloated or is too high, it's up to government demonstrating. We see, all these things depends on how far the government is able to demonstrate. That's what they are saying, prove Oof. that, right? That, okay, the wage bill is not so much of an issue. This is what we are doing. This is what we are doing. This is what we are going to do. This is how we are going to get it done. Convince the fund that so, so, and so. So a lot depends on us rather than the fund. And the reason they are highlighting the staff level agreement is that assuming debt restructuring is unavoidable, that is beyond the IMF. Right. Mm. So the IMF will facilitate to some extent, right? But that would mean that entering into another level of agreement with the investors before it will go to the fund. Because the IMF won't lend to a country when debt is unsustainable. Right. So if you come to that conclusion, then you now have to prove to the IMF how you're going to bring your debt uh, to a more sustainable level under several scenarios that you want to consider with them. Assuming you are even looking at four years. And you want to achieve fiscal sustainability. You are looking at G GDP growing at a certain rate. You are looking at your primary balance being positive at 8%. To do that requires a sharp fiscal adjustment. When we talk about fiscal adjustment, that's cost. That's pain. We talk about pain painful fiscal adjustment that will have to go through the system. Oftentimes, what happens is that those... A painful fiscal adjustment are unevenly distributed. Mm -hmm. And that is what Dr. Chumesi was saying, that we have to do it in such a way that it doesn't disproportionately affect those at the lower end, the, the socially excluded, the marginalized, and the rest of them. But we have been there before. We have history. The 16th IMF program, okay, the, the, the fund accommodated a certain portion of that money for social protection including mm -hmm. LEAP and the other things. So they, they have that. The fund is open to that. The fund, the, you know, because of what job creation is or unemployment, inequality, climate change, all of these have assumed a certain level of macro-criticality. And therefore, the fund considers them within that macro framework. So they are mindful in protecting, uh, in for social protection and social spending. Mm. But a lot will also depend on what level of adjustment you can do if you want to hold this one. There's an assurance that free SHS may not be touched, at least we heard from Dr. Yes, but, uh, yeah, of course, if you look at the percentage it takes in terms of this, you could do that. Corruption alone takes everything from this, right? Corruption will lose more than $3 billion annually from this. The next important thing I'll talk about will be the level of debt restructuring. I'm mm -hmm. thinking that instead of loading, loading the debt restructuring on investors, we can look at certain permutations before we get there. What level of expenditure cut from government? And I'm sure you, you, you have done some work in that area in terms of reducing the number of mm -hmm. ministries, the number of yeah. ministers. Let's look at the savings we can accommodate from there. Now, if you look at Bank of Ghana, they've been making profit in the last couple of years, right? Almost like a commercial bank, right? What level of uh, the, the loading can we place on the balance sheet of Bank of Ghana? That will ease the extent to which the debt restructuring on investors would have to go. Okay. We have to look at all that. We know that if we load a portion of that 
on Bank of Ghana balance sheet in terms of printing CDs, so, so inflationary pressures will head up. But that is inflation we can relate to. That is inflation we can understand. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you need to do, I think that's a country, the, uh, of course, we know that a haircut is uh, unavoidable, but on whose head should it be? <laughs> should it be Such solely on the head of investors, <laughs> or it should be shared, right, on the head of government, on the head of, let's say, a board of that on Bank of Ghana, and then investors, because already, because Bank of Ghana is monetizing part of the fiscal deficit, Bank of Ghana is the second largest lender to the government now, after the banks. Hmm. Is that okay? So we need to look at all of this. That way, we'll be able to lessen the burden adjustment, the burden cost, right, uh, through the system and, and preserve the financial system. If we don't do that, then it means that um, there will be um, some kind of social unrest, right, okay. uh, and, and which I believe that we shouldn't get there. And I also urge my good friend here in Labour that in these times, we have a fair idea of where we are in terms of the economic crisis, mm -hmm. which also requires that we all have to be moderate, right, and a bit um, sympathetic towards the situation, because um, where, where we find ourselves, whether we like it or not, we all have to go through some painful fiscal adjustments. Mm. Yeah, it well, will not exclude anyone. He's, yeah. he's no. itching to respond, well, no, but no, wait, no. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> get, you I'm get, you get to respond to that. But Dr. Pierre Champong, um, in, in all this, um, from where you stand and what you know, is government able to convince the fund about our debt sustainability? From where you stand? Are we able uh, to I, I think the, the world. Um, the fact that the fund has said that they are coming for a third trip to the country for me indicates that the government has sent some numbers, they've looked at it, they want further clarity, um, and that's really the basis for any agreement on the, on the fund program mm. going forward. So Prof talks about some of the steps, but the key step now really is that the sustainability analysis, because really that's what will anchor any of the program or whatever we agree to with the fund going um, forward. So that needs to be completed first. Then off the back of that, Ghana has to also submit formally a letter of intent and what we call a memorandum of understanding to the fund to kickstart the formal sort of negotiations. And then once those negotiations go about, then you're talking the third step, step is the staff level agreement which is between more or less the IMF as an institution and the government of Ghana. Then based on that staff level agreement, they then have to get the IMF board, the executive board to approve that. That can actually sometimes take time. So recently in Zambia, the staff level agreement was agreed in December of last year, in the, um, 2021. But the actual program was only signed on in August. So it took about eight months between that staff level mm. and a formal program being uh, agreed. I don't think we will get that uh, because of the peculiarity of the challenge that you know uh, Ghana faces. But the key thing now really is the debt sustainability uh, analysis. First thing, contingent on that, it might be that we have to restructure part okay. of our debt, mm -hmm. and we already have signal to the effect that some of the local will be will be done. But I have argued that we need a comprehensive restructuring, both the local 
and external, but particularly for the external under the G20 sort of framework, and that could take some time. Beyond that, then you've got the budget coming up, mm -hmm. and the IMF, of course, would have some say in this budget, and like many of us, we're expecting some form of posterity budget, and we want to lessen the burden on our people uh, down the, the economic ladder. Okay. But within the budget, I think there are some policies that can still be pursued on the revenue side, on the expenditure side. Number one, I think, you know, we, we need to put a bit more focus or emphasis at the ports. There's a lot of leakages there, and we can get more revenue from there. Mm -hmm. Number two, I think the e-levy, we all have the data, is proving to be relatively shambolic. So we need to reduce the rate. Personally, I am against it, and my position on this is clear. But reduce the rate and get a lot more people paying right up for okay. that. Number two or number three, on the expenditure side, some cuts in expenditure. My colleagues have talked about reducing the size of government, and the time is opportune, not just for a reshuffle, but also to drastically restructure the whole governance machinery and, and, and architecture. Okay. And then the fourth point is just about the comprehensive debt restructuring that I've highlighted. Okay. Professor Jampo, it's time for Labour to be more sympathetic uh, to governments. You have Professor Bopping on that. Well, in wrapping see, up on all this. we cannot run away from the fact that we all have to embrace ourselves for some painful fiscal adjustment and austerity measures that will be implemented um, in some few months or the next years you know, to come. We all cannot run away from that. But my position is that, you see, and these have the potency to spark social unrest mm -hmm. and agitations in a manner that would uh, create a lot of confusion in the system. To prevent this, I'll call on government that in the event that austerity measures are going to be implemented, it must start at the top. Okay. They must lead, you know, by example, mm. by reducing or cutting down, you know, waste and downsizing, and parking V8 vehicles or auctioning them, and doing all those kinds of things that would make the people feel that the government itself is sacrificing. Okay. When labor becomes, you know, fully socialized about the fact that government itself is leading by example and sacrificing, it becomes easy for all of us to want to sing, you know, from that same hymn book. Mm. Well, let me take a few messages, um, then we can wrap up. I have this one from James, says, my expectations of Ekofado addressing the nation is that he should come and announce his resignation. <laughs> okay, and that's a um, uh, message. Uh, okay, let's go on to the next one. Nakusia says, if the person who is supposed to see the problem put the right strategies out to solve the problem does not see anything wrong with the way he's handling the issue at hand, then how can he control things? Black Cream says the president has the power to stop or put on a 50% discount on every single goods coming into the country. They should let them know, my country can't afford it now, but with this pricing or take back your goods, he says. Gasma on Twitter says, leadership is cause, everything else is effect, isn't it? The president and the economic management team must go. Simple. I stay on Twitter. Atijay Bequeen says, just when I thought the president had cemented his name as Ghana's greatest leader during crisis, that is during COVID, uh, when a well-composed presidential uh, Kufuado Adudankwa was um, really in charge. We now have in our, on our hands another version of the same man in another crisis. I'm just sad. 
as his admirer. Uh, so some of your messages there that um, you sent in, um, and that's how uh, we can wrap up. I'll just take um, a few. Okay, so I have some messages also I'm told uh, from uh, WhatsApp. Let's do, let's do it. Okay, okay. So then uh, we'll get some of the messages. Um, so I'll just do a few uh, seconds each, and then uh, we can we can quickly wrap this one up. So beyond that, if we don't get this IMF. Intervention, Professor Goping, 30 seconds. Yeah. We have our own plan in place as a government. Do you, do you get that sense? There will certainly be a program. Is the, is the time and how fast that can be. But I think uh, whilst we wait for that, we, we must also take the necessary steps, which, which are largely within our control, mm -hmm. as has all been shared in terms of the size of government. I don't think the president needs approval of IMF to downsize the government size and the rest of those ones can be done. But my, the final thing I'll say is that we will certainly come out of this. Okay. Let's remain calm. Mm. Dr. Trimessi, have a final words on this? 30 seconds? Okay, it appears that I've lost there. Have I? Okay. Dr. Trimessi, if you can hear me, I was asking for your closing remarks, 30 seconds, on uh, the situation. Do we have a plan in place? Um, I... I, I believe that Samafa, we should all be optimistic about the prospects, although these are very difficult times. Mm -hmm. And uh, as, as we end, the question I'm asking is why are we um, all crying over the free fall of the city? Um, because indeed, um, these are times that exporters should, in principle, be happy because okay. their goods are cheaper. Mm. But the reality is that we are not sending anything out there. Okay. And it tells us that we need to get back to work and look mm. critically at our import substitution okay. strategy okay. as a country. Okay. Dr. Chia Jampong, 30 seconds for you as well. Yeah, no, I, I think I am optimistic. We'll turn the tide. Okay. No two ways about that. Um, mm -hmm. It's really beyond turning the tide. What do we do to sustain the economy going forward? And that's why I think we need a more consensus approach to policy making in this country. Okay. There's far too much partisanship, and we okay. need to deal with that uh, okay. in order to move forward. Okay. Professor Jampo. IMF, going to IMF will not be a panacea to our problems mm -hmm. and it will not solve everything and so let us begin to look inward to appreciating the kinds of things that we can do beyond IMF okay. to be able to ensure that we don't go back so easily you know to the front. Okay. Well the National Science and Mask is, is still on and we are at the semi-final stages. I don't know if any of your schools are in there but that's how we wrap up today it's but Accra Academy is out but um, the people have touted them as a dancing school. But they have a fundraiser and dinner dance and awards night oh. uh, coming up tonight at 6 p.m. You can't miss it. And please stay with us for the National Science and Mass Quiz as well. I am MFA Apau, sitting for Samson Ladia Yenene, who is out on an Aspen Global Leadership Fellowship Seminar. Hopefully, God willing, he'll be back.